Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang, Kane Gang, Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 And we're back on the air this Friday morning here at 11 o'clock, coming to you live from where else but my living room here on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. It's the Kang Gang Show. Hope everybody's doing well out there. On the other side of the atmosphere is the, the co-host over there, the J-Man. What's good, Jake? Nothing much, man. Just excited for Friday. It was, uh, it's, it's much needed. I'm, I'm very excited for this weekend, man. It's definitely the weekend. I hope everybody's out there enjoying their pre-weekend, um, whether you're out there on your lunch hour listening to us, listening to 99.9 Kiss Country, or whatever you're doing out there in your radio. Hopefully, you're turned into us, uh, tuned into us. But, uh, yeah, listen, man, a lot going on this past week. Um, obviously, it's a Kang Gang show, so we're going to talk about our beloved University of Miami Hurricanes and their 31-19 I don't want to call it a dominant performance over Pittsburgh, but I kind of thought like they really dominated that game on really like both sides of the ball. Um, I know the score sometimes doesn't reflect kind of how well they played. Um, But again, they're not Clemson, right? They're not trying to score with, you know, a minute left in the game and trying to run up the score, even though I think they should. Like it's college football. You're playing division one. It's not just sit on the ball, like just run the clock out, blah, 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 man, punch it in the end zone. Do yeah. something, you know? So yeah. it, it was a decent game, you know, 31-19. Derrick King had a couple turnovers. Offense is still sputtering. Um, I've said it all year, man. Uh, tight ends are really the, our best um, options and our best weapons. And good thing yeah. we have Will Mallory taking over for Brevin Jordan as he's injured. Yeah. Um, what was your, J-Man, what was your take on the game? I thought it was up and down, man. I mean, you brought up, you thought it was a, we'll say a semi-dominant performance. Um, when you said that, I, I immediately started thinking, because, you know, my initial takeaway was that we really, really struggled. But there were facets of the game that we were dominant or semi-dominant. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's kind of hard to, I, I feel like there's a lot of different perspectives to look at that game from. Um you know, Kenny Pickett didn't end up playing the, the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. He was, he was a late scratch from the lineup. Um, you know, we went into the, the morning thinking he would play, and then he didn't even dress. Um, and then we barely covered the spread. Actually, some gambling outlets, like, we didn't cover the spread against the backup quarterback, which, you know, I think that's important, you know, to note that we probably should have taken care of business a little better in terms of point differential. Um, you know, I, I I said this on the fours up podcast before the game, I said, really this game against Pitt was going to come down to whether or not Miami had the mental fortitude to recover emotionally from that loss to Clemson. And that was the most important thing. And we did it. So in that respect, I'm very happy with it. I thought it was kind of an ugly performance. I'd like to see us better on both sides of the ball if we want to be serious about getting into a New York six game. Um, but you know, but a win's a win, right? Yeah. 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, you're sitting at four and one. Yeah. Um, you're pretty much sitting on top of the coastal yeah. UNC goes down to the school up there in the Northern part of the, you know, state of Florida. Yeah. I don't like to say, I oh, listen, I don't care. It's Florida state. Right. So yeah. I literally had a, I have a big, uh, big, uh, big Florida state fan. Um, good buddy of mine, and I actually told him, I'm like, listen, you guys are going to upset for, uh, UNC today. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, again, UNC is not the fifth ring, you know, fifth best yeah. team in the nation. They're overrated, blah blah blah. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, they they got exposed on a lot of stuff. Now, granted, who knows what could have happened with the outcome if you yeah. know on their third down and fourth down drive, if the guys actually make a catch and they can continue yeah. to move the ball. Um, but I thought Miami, going back to the Hurricanes, um, one thing that I was I took away that I thought it was impressive is. 
again, your, the red zone defense. I mean, if you look at one of Derrick King's, you know, interceptions, he got it back to the one-yard line, and they held him to three. Um, you know, the other interception, you got back into the red zone, still held him to three. So the defense is making the plays, and yes. they're bailing out the offense for making mistakes yeah. against maybe – superior opponents maybe and again so let's go back to clemson right you make those mistakes against clemson clemson puts seven on the board on you quick against inferior opponents or lesser opponents or lesser caliber talented opponents you can get away with ben don't break and you know keep them out of the end zone things like that but i did see some positive things again i thought the o-line held up really well we knew pitt's defense was going to be really good and number two defense in the ACC, they have their edge rushers, I will believe, will be playing on Sundays. Um, so I thought that the offensive line held up pretty well. Running game, it's it's not there yet. I mean, again, you have talent at the running back position. I just don't know if you're t- you're not you're not sticking with the run game too like all the way right now, or if you're just trying to, you know, mix it up. But I think you got to continue to to run the ball with Cam Harris, give the ball to Jalen Don Chaney. Hey, Robin Byrne got some action last week. Thought he did really well, you know, towards the end of the game. But I think you really have to, if this is going to be a, you know, a power spread, then you have to deal with the power. You have to ground, you have to run the ball and ground and pound. And if you're not going to do that and you're going to do an air raid attack, then you got to have receivers. And our receivers aren't there yet. I don't want to be critical and I don't want to be negative. But what I've seen over five games just hasn't impressed me. Yeah. I've super, 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 and I can't stress this enough. Super, super, super love the fact that there's an open competition going into the game. There's no starting at wide receivers. I, I really appreciate, I don't know if that was a Rhett Lashley decision, a Manny Diaz decision, a Rob Likens decision, but I'm thoroughly impressed that somebody's finally come out, and I've said from day one, I don't care if you're a freshman, I don't care if you're a senior, best players need to play. Keyshawn Smith looks like the real deal. Michael Redding looks yeah. like the real deal. I don't care if you want to put Dazzle Worsham in there. You have to get people who can get off the ball, who can get separation, who can make a play. I don't care if it's a 50-50 ball or not. Someone's got to make a play. They got to bail your quarterback out from time to time. And right now, our upperclassmen, whether it's Mike Harley, D. Wiggins, Mark Pope, they're not getting the job done. So if you want to throw X in there, you want to throw whoever you want to do. I don't care if you run a two tight end set or a three tight end set and you run Brevin, Will, and, and Larry Hodges, then please do something for me. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, our wide receiver has really been our weak spot on the offense. Um, but I, I think it's interesting watching that game. Um, I, I think we're still learning a lot about this team. Uh you know, after three games, if you would have asked someone, you know, like, give me the rundown on this team, I think people would have said, like, our weakness is, is the middle of our defense. You know, teams drive the ball on us, um, and our offense is just absolutely, you know, like a, a barn burner, right? Um, however, like, that narrative has kind of flipped on its head in the last few weeks. Like, it, if you look at the UAB game and then against Clemson and Pitt, like, it's actually our offense that is kind of struggling this year. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, defense is getting stopped. So I think the narrative that, you know, Blake Baker is the weak link of this team. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that right now. Um, so uh, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I don't think he's a weakest link as far as like defense being defensive coordinator. I just, again, I'm not a proponent of Ben don't break. Like, yeah, you know, I don't care that you're allowing the, the teams just to run up from the 20 to the 20. And like, yeah. that doesn't really impress me. Like I want to see stops. Like yeah. we, re- we rarely blitz. We're trying to rely on a four down, you know, a four uh, down lineman to try to get pressure. But you have a roaming safety and, and Bubba Bolden had a phenomenal game again last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, actually I thought to Corey couch played phenomenal. Yes. I think to couch is going to be a stud, even though I think he's still small. Yeah. Um, he played like six inches taller than, than he is. Absolutely. Um, Al Blades literally is your best corner. Um, he's sitting out there on an island. You know, your linebackers, I, I really like the combo of Corey Flagg and Sam Brooks. Absolutely. Um, I think they'll be starting, man. They should by the end of the year, and, right? Yeah. I, I mean, again, at, at what point do you make that change? You know, so, you know, you look at Blake Baker and, you know, you can only, you know, play with the hand that you're dealt, right? Yeah. And, if, if your athletes aren't what they're supposed to be or what they should be, you just you have to play with it. But, again, going back to if your underclassmen are better than your upperclassmen, again, you need to play them. That's only going to make yes. them better. You know, I don't want to use this word 
but the portal, right? You can have these young kids who are getting some PT, who are seeing what they can do, but if they're not getting the time on the field, now they get in their head, you know what, I'm just going to transfer. Yeah. You know, and, and I'd hate to say that about some of the young kids, but I see someone like Sam Brooks, man. If he's not getting on the field and you see that potential, like why wouldn't he think about just saying, you know what, I'm just going to go somewhere I can play. You know, they got me sitting oh. behind someone. Like, I, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's now, a tough situation. If Sam Brooks transfers out, I mean, I, I know you're not saying that like that's – like that's unsubstantiated, right? We're just like – Correct. Uh, yeah, just hypothetical. I'm just yeah, saying like look, with the portal yeah. to, in, today's, in today's game – these kids aren't getting their way. Let's go back to yeah. Christian Williams, right? He wasn't yeah. getting any PT. Okay, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, and, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to clarify that, you know, that's hypothetical. But like if that were to happen with a linebacker like Flag or Brooks, man, that would be a complete disaster for our defense. From a, a roster management point of view, we don't oh, have 100%. a lot of we don't have a you lot of pick. Yeah. And we don't even I mean, top to bottom, we don't have a lot of production either. So you know we just that's one of those positions that we can't afford to lose anyone same with corner you know like you mentioned we lost christian williams we couldn't afford to lose him and we can't afford to lose anyone else like we really need to be focused you can't on have an injury like you literally yeah. can't have an injury right now we don't i, I mean again yeah. it's it's tough and we've been fortunate like we've really been fortunate this year we haven't had a lot of injuries you know i go back to like brevin jordan you know he is so injury prone if you watch yeah. him over his career He's very, very injury prone. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and we were talking about uh, the NBA, uh, the NFL draft, and you know who do I think potentially could, you know, could leave after this season. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, the only one I can think of, like that, I mean, your upperclassmen, like Quincy Roche, I think he leaves. No. Um, I think Jalen Phillips would be would be better suited staying another year. I mean, and you only really have one year of tape on on you. So I would think that he would be better for him to come back out, especially if he's graded in like a third, fourth round, come back. Yeah. Um, I see Bubba, if he continues to ball out the way he's balling, um, I can see him potentially being a, um, a first day, maybe early second day pick. Yeah. Um, so I think he leaves. But, and then he brought up Brevin, and I said, I don't see Brevin as a, a, a day one or day two type tight end. I mean, he's 6'2", 6'3", maybe what, 240? Yeah. I see Will Mallory eventually being maybe a, a day one or day two pick. He's just he fits that mold of your Greg Olsons and yeah. um you know your your big tight ends, you know, the John o. Smiths and you know, like the the Gronkowski's and um who's the guy? I mean, and I'm drawing a blank. I'm looking at his face right now. He played ninety seven years in Dallas. Um and then he just left Dallas. He retired, came back, and then he just left Who's a tight end for Dallas that was Whitten? there for you? Yeah, Jason Witten. You know, that's like that Will Mallory type body. Yeah. Um, so, again, I hope these kids understand as as the season progresses, as they start getting towards the end of the season, you know, you start getting all these people in here talking about, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to go? Are we going to leave early? Um, no, you need to come back to school because yeah. you're not that good. I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I actually think that – I mean, maybe you're right. If if Brevin gets a, a day three grade, he might come back. But I actually think that he's someone that that I think I think if they tell him day two at all, he he's gone. And it's because of the injury problems. I mean, he's had a hard time sticking on the field the whole time. I'm hoping. But that that's someone... why I think you stay. I mean, to me, I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate. Yeah. You need to prove to an NFL team that you have the durability. Yeah. To play a whole season. Like yeah. teams aren't going to invest that type of money in round uh, like in day one and day two for someone who's continually injured over and over and over again. I I get what you're saying, and, and I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong, and you know, but I'm just saying like say he does get a day two grade. If I were him, I'd be out of there so fast. Uh, you know, just for the fact that I can't bet on myself being healthy. You yeah. know, like it could well, get from here on out. So you know, it, it's unfortunate because Brevin is such a dynamic player for us right now. I mean. He's easily our best pass catcher, um, and and really he does have a lot of potential for the NFL. Uh, he just needs to stay healthy. So it's I mean it's unfortunate, man. So this might be a, a debatable or a non popular comment that I'm going to make, uh-huh. but I like Will Mallory over Brevin Jordan. Really, right now? Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. I mean, if, if you look at you look at body type, you look at speed. I just don't feel like – I think they want to – let me use these in the right context. I think they try to 
nurture or feed Brevin the ball to keep him happy, uh-huh. almost like an Antonio Brown type situation yeah. or a Odell Beckham Jr. situation. Okay. To where Mallory knows his role, he knows what he's done, he knows what he's supposed to do, and when the ball is given to him, he's taking advantage of it this year. You know, last year he had a few drops um, that could have caused you know people to kind of be down on him. But Will Mallory is a beast. Yeah, he is. And you know, I don't, I don't hate that take. So I'm, you know, I, like I don't have a problem with it. I'd have to think about it, um, you know, but. I, I certainly would put Will Mallory as at worst our second best pass catcher. So, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility, but um, I do agree with what you're saying though, that Mallory is probably a better pro prospect. And I think he'll have to pop next season when he is getting the lion's share of targets from the tight end spot. Um, so right. I think he has work to do, but just from a, like a measurables standpoint, I do think he is the more desirable prospect at tight end. You're talking Brevin? Uh, Will Mallory. Oh, absolutely. I'm saying I agree with you about Will Mallory from an NFL point of view. Correct. I I mean, I just think that what he brings to the table is so much better than than Brevin. You know, and again, it's not nothing like against Brevin. I just think Will has a bigger upside because of his body style and his body type. But we'll see what happens. You know, we have a big game coming up, you know, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, under the lights, you know, against UVA. And, and, and the last couple of games against UVA have been very, very close. I think within 10 points um, each of the last couple of years. Um, UVA's got a uh, – they got a decent team. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, obviously they haven't done well this season. You know, I thought they played Clemson very tough yeah. um, towards the end of the game. You know, so I was thinking that UVA has a – has a possibility, I wouldn't say to repeat as Coastal Champions because I never really think that they were that good, even though they ended up winning the Coastal last year. And again, Miami literally just crapped the bed all the last couple of years. I know. But I mean, but here we are sitting at four and one. You have an opportunity tomorrow. You you know you go in against UVA. You beat UVA. You're five yeah. and one. I mean that's huge. I mean that's huge just from from a recruiting standpoint. You're yeah. five and one. You've probably cracked the top 10, um, and then you just move forward. Just continue to move forward. And, again, yeah. I think I like the philosophy of, hey, we're looking at it one game at a time, one game at a time, one game at a time. Yeah. You know, I'm not into the X and O's and the analytics and breaking film down and stuff like that. Like, I just watch the game and watch the game. And to me, and the parity in college football has gotten so close. Like, to get a win means something, right? It's like, yeah. okay, you're not Clemson. You know, you're not Alabama. You're not Georgia. Even though Georgia literally does the same thing every year, you know, I think what they do is, you know, they, especially against Alabama, you know, you get up, you know, real early in the first half and then you, you crap the bed and you get blown out in the second half, yeah. you know. So I would rather be where we are right now at four and one moving forward and uh, looking forward to going to five and one. So yeah, I know man. we're against the break, Jay, man. Take us to break and then when we come back, we'll continue to talk about this because I think there's a lot to th- – to continue talking about with this 2020 uh, University of Miami team. Yeah. yeah, all right. You guys are listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. It's BC and the J-Man. We'll see you guys in a second. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot the, just the two of 
Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You are not. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Man, it's so good to be back here on the radio here at Friday mornings, Sirius XM Channel 145, Kane Gang Show. You can hear us only here at Slam Radio. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to the Amigo. Shout out to all the other people over here on Slam Radio doing the good things that they do. Um, you know, I had a conversation before we get back on the topic of my hurricanes. I had a had a conversation with old Larry and old Frank. Yeah. Um, I actually called into the to the Good Morning Amigo Show last week, and we were talking and. You know, Larry was like, you know, so, you know, we were talking about some, like, the game of Clemson and stuff like that. And he's yeah. like, uh, so what can we expect from the show coming up in a little bit? And I said, you know, a little bit of dudes, a little bit of don't, shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know, about the game. Yeah. And, you know, and so we were going on and on. And I said, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a plug on there about uh, potentially getting another hour. He's like, what? What? <laughs> Seriously? I said, well, you know, what, you know. So then um, we, I, we left it at that, and then I got off the air. Well, I actually went back and listened to the show uh, yesterday, I believe. I was driving, and I wanted yeah. to hear the whole show. Yeah. So I listened to it, and uh, potentially. So those of you okay. listening here on the Kang Gang Show, potentially you might get another um, another hour fun. of J-Man and myself yeah. um, if that comes to fruition. I would love to do a live show. I would love to be in studio doing a live yeah. show. It would be hard for you. We'd have to do it on a Zoom call <laughs> or something like that. But, yeah. Um, but that'd be, it's exciting. You never know, right? So yeah. potentially, I'm not saying it's there yet, but there's potential that we could uh, lock in maybe another hour. If we do that, we might have to bring another another person with us. Yeah. Um, you know, be we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm down for whatever, man. You know, I enjoy this. I enjoy yeah. I enjoy talking, you know, Kane's football. I enjoy talking fantasy. I've been doing really well in fantasy, not in like yeah. our, our league because yeah. I really haven't even managed that that team. Yeah. Um but I, I enjoy fantasy, I enjoy the NFL. Yeah. Um there's a lot fun. going on right now. World yeah, series I, is going on. You know, before before we got our radio show, like we used to talk on the phone a lot and then uh, I think since then life has just been so busy for the both of us that like it, it feels so refreshing to be on here chatting because this is what we usually do, right? But uh Yeah, no doubt. It's just uh it's just other people getting a peek into uh what our phone calls sound like. Oh, uh, no doubt, man. You know, it, it was great. You know, so going back to last Saturday, I had a good time. So Saturday was good. Obviously, it was a nooner. We got up early, got to the stadium. Um, I think we got to the stadium about quarter to 11. Um, yeah. Walked, you know, parked, walked in, blah, blah, blah. Did the whole spiel, kind of watched them come onto the field, you know, getting ready, blah, blah, blah. The games are just different. It's just, it's not like a, looking back. So this is me personally looking back, just my opinion. Yep. If I were to do it all over again, I probably would have opted out and just watched the games on on TV. It, it's it's not the same. It's like going to a spring game. There's not yep. a lot. Of, there's not a lot of people there. You are social distance. You literally can't turn around and high five anybody when you know there's a yep. good play going on, or you know you like just the noise level's not there. Yep. It's just different. But. I told myself originally, like, if there was going to be fans in there, like, I was going. Like, that was my intent. Okay. Looking back, it's like, it's really kind of boring. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I hate to say this because I love the University of Miami. I love the fact that I get to go. I love the fact that we're winning. Yeah. It's just not the same feeling on game day. Your tradition is no tailgating. Like, there's just so many things that are just not there yeah. um, that I miss. And uh, hopefully the, you know, this thing will eventually, you know, bite the bullet and die down. And hopefully, you know, 2021, we'll be back to normal. But it, it's hard to say. I don't know what it's like out there in Utah as far as, you know, the COVID situation and, you know, you know how, how it's going out there. Yeah. 
it's uh you know it's been pretty it's i think we've had it easier than a lot of places in the country um you know we do have a uh, governor mandated lockdown well we did for a little bit and now you know it's mandated that you have to wear masks when you go into public spaces and stuff um not a lot of not a lot of uh places actually enforce that <laughs> you know and uh wow really i didn't even know that yeah yeah so like you know i mean the way that i view it, i don't want to get political on here but the way that i view it is like i i'm not a big government guy right um but i am a small business owner well i come from the, the fa a family that owns a small business and so when when a small business has a sign on the door asking you to wear a mask like i just i do it because like just because maybe i don't want you know if i had a problem with that that's not the store owner's problem right <laughs> like i'm not gonna go in there and get into a fight with the manager of a chipotle because of my feelings on big government right so so right. i just i wear my mask and i you know i do my part and and whatever but uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty low-key here man honestly it's literally brutal in the stadiums, man. And like, they got people walking around like with signs, like the mask police, you know, and again, it was the same way. So we ended up leaving the game, you know, had to win, um, packed up, loaded up, drove to the house. Uh, Grayson was at the house waiting with the people. And then like, we ended up going to Disney, right? We took, yeah. we took a trip to Disney. Awesome. So we went from one mask, mask police over in, uh, at the hard rock and, <laughs> went to disney we got up to disney roughly you know right around eight o'clock that night i i'd rather drive at nighttime than drive in the morning and um so when we got up there checked into the hotel blah 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 um and then we went to magic kingdom on sunday spent the whole day in magic kingdom had a great time wasn't a lot of people there you know again mass police you know blah 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 and then uh, monday we hit hollywood studios and checked out star wars a little bit and cool. checked out some toy story and um, they got a new ride called the um, it's called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway or Railroad. Um, that's a pretty cool little ride. Grayson liked it. He uh, he was actually tall enough to hit Splash Mountain. So Grayson was on yeah. Splash Mountain. That's loved fun, it. Man. Like, that's... Go down that like that forty or fifty foot drop, man. He was all into it, bro. Like, yeah. Loved it. So he loved it. I loved it. Dude, the hardest part was trying to keep his mask on, though. You know, again, he's three, right? So yeah. I think it's harder trying to keep kids, you know, keep keep kids' mask on, but uh, he liked it. Dude, that that makes me so jealous, man. I, uh, you know, my my girlfriend and I we're we're close to a couple that that has like a nine month old girl right now, and uh, you know, it's just it's just got me thinking about you know what comes next in life and doing stuff like that, man. Taking taking my future kids to Disney for the first time and you know sharing the stuff that I love with them. So, oh, dude, I'm telling you, you would probably go more out to Disneyland, right? Are you more out that way? So, I mean, you're closer to Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, LA is like a nine and a half hour drive, and it's a Ooh. hour and a half flight. So, like, oh, yeah, I would definitely fly that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for there's sure. No, there's no way. I mean, there's yeah. no way I'm driving nine and a half hours. Yeah, I'd rather I fly. Yeah, it's only an hour. So, like, growing up, we did Disneyland as a family, but then, uh, you know, when when my two older brothers moved out of the house and it was a little cheaper to to take the family, we started doing Disney World. You know, because the the flight's a little longer. It's like four hours from from Salt Lake, so. So yeah, I've I've gotten my fair share of both, and I I love them. They're they're kind of the same, but they're different. They have unique personalities, and right. Yeah, I love I love both spots. So it was just good. I mean, it was just good for Maria, uh, myself, and Grayson just to kind of get away and you know just spend time as like a family and you know celebrate his birthday. Yeah. You know, sometimes and it's hard right now with COVID, like trying to have birthday parties and things like yeah. that, and um. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to get people together and, you know, you don't want to, you know, have this spread and try to get people to invite it, you know, invite a bunch of people. And next thing you know, you, you only get like one, one person showing up on because it's like, yeah. well, we really don't want to be around people. And I get it, man. Like, you know, it's, it's something real, something serious. And you look at the numbers and I get it. So we just felt like, you know what, instead of, you know, worrying about people coming to our house and being worried about COVID, we'll just go to Disney and don't care about it. So that's what we did. Because, <laughs> you know, to me, if, if, we're, if we're brave enough just to go to Disney, then obviously, I mean, again, we're very cautious. We wear a mask. We wash our hands, you know, yeah. use hand sanitizer, you know. So the only, the only disgruntling thing about uh, going to Disney with the mask on is, like, you want to take all these pictures, right? Yeah. You're taking a picture with a mask on. Like, yeah. you don't even get to see your face. 
Yeah. Like I can have this like sour look <laughs> on my face, but I have a mask that's smiling, so yeah. it makes it look like I, I'm having a good saw, old time. <laughs> I saw your pictures on uh, on Facebook, man. You, I liked your I liked your V for V for Vendetta mask that oh, you yeah. had. That's you like so. that? Like the Vendetta one? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I have one from the mask too, man. I have yeah. the mask one from Jim Carrey. Yeah, that one's pretty dope as well. Yeah, the fifth of November is coming up, and I I watch that movie every year on the fifth of November. Oh, so. it's great, man. Yeah, it's great. You yeah. know, it's things. You know, you you look at today. Today, you know, it's Friday, and like literally, what's in what's in eight days, man? Do you know what's in eight days? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Halloween. Come on. Halloween, Halloween man. like oh. like what's gonna happen for Halloween like are we gonna I, get to dress up are we gonna go door to door are we I think they know, canceled I mean, it man they canceled Halloween 2020 is horrible bro it's yeah, horrible it is you know it as is, horrible man. as 2020 has been yeah. hurricanes are still four and one getting ready to go five and <laughs> that's one, the stuff, dude that's the I'm stuff. telling you man they're, they're literally on on the prowl man I, I think they're gonna make some noise you know I watched the Louisville uh Notre Dame game 12 to 7 so Notre Dame doesn't really impress me um, Agreed. How, my my issue with Notre Dame because I'm not overly impressed with them either. However, I think they control their own destiny, not us. Um, I mean, I I know what the tiebreakers are. So so here's the deal: is they play Clemson, um, and let's hypothetically say that that's a loss. So Notre Dame loses. Um, and if if we finish, if the Hurricanes and the Fighting Irish both finish ten and one. Um, then the tiebreaker between those two will actually be an analytics score from a sports website that has a contract with the ACC. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So 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 keep so, so this right. So they they beat they beat Louisville last week twelve seven. They got yeah. Pitt this week. Um, I'm not sure if Pickett's back or not this week, but I, I think this could be a trip up game, and this could be a game that I think Pitt Pitt could win this game. It's at home for Pitt. Yeah. Um, you know, they're coming off that loss. They got a good defense. Yeah, um, I'm going to call it right now. I think Pitt wins 21-14. Okay. I hope so. I hope so because my biggest worry is, like I said, I, I'm not sure that the Hurricanes control their own destiny right now, which is not a spot that you want to be in, especially when you have the opportunity to go 10-1. and one. Um, You know, so, so yeah. we could really use some help from Notre Dame dropping a loss outside of the Clemson game. Well, and that's why – and, and, again, I'm looking at the schedule for them, and, and there's – they got three potential games. Yeah. Again, you got Pitt, you got Boston College, and you got Chapel Hill. Yeah. Those all three on the road for yeah. Notre Dame. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but, and, like, the way, way Carolina played against Florida State, man, it just yeah. – that doesn't, like, ring bells, and I'm all, woohoo, yeah, you know. It's not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that brings up a different point. You know, the, the fact that it is some analytic metric that's going to be the tiebreaker, right? I, I can't remember the name of the website, but they have this, this one number that is supposed to calculate how good a football team is, and that is what will decide who wins the tiebreaker between Miami and Notre Dame if we both only lose to Clemson. And the thing that sucks about that is we need to factor that into the end of games. Like last week, you know, we ended – Go back to my point, right? Yep, we got to score. Absolutely. We ended the pit game in scoring, you know, like in position to score and we didn't. So we need to be one. We need to play more efficiently. Like, you know, a win is a win, but if the tiebreaker is an analytics score, then it's not always a win, you know, like you need no, to play they're looking at your body of work. Yeah. You know, they're looking at, you know, what was a point coverage? Yep. You know, how many points did you score? What was your points to yeah. Like, yeah, and I agree. That's where, like, I don't blame Dabo. People were all up yeah. in arms about Dabo trying to run it up on Miami. No, yeah, he's got players yeah. that are second string, third string. He's yeah. putting them. In. Listen, we did the same thing in the '80s and early '90s, where we said, "Look, you don't want us dancing. Keep us out of the end zone." Yep. Right. So, why are you going to penalize? Why are you penalizing your own kids because you don't want to run the score up? It's not that you're running the score up. It's literally you're trying to get your team better. Yeah. Like those players could potentially be playing in a week or so if someone gets hurt. So you need to have people ready to go. So I don't blame Dabo at all. Um, I wish Manny had that killer instinct like Jimmy did. You know, yeah. that's the thing that bothered me. You have to be able to score. Yeah, well, and, and you know, in defense of Dabo, like if people say he's running out the score – like Clemson doesn't play North Carolina and North Carolina was the top five team. So if it came down to it and both 
Clemson and North Carolina finished undefeated or, you know, for whatever happened, they're in a tiebreaker situation with North Carolina. They needed that metric too, you know, cause they're not going to have a head to head. I mean, obviously now that probably won't be a problem. Um, but when they played against us, that, that was probably something that Dabo was thinking about. Like we need these style points because a, a computer is going to, you know, some mathematical equation is going to decide who wins a tiebreaker. And that's, Right. You look at margin of victory, yeah. you know, and again, you know, a 17 point win looks good, but a 24 point look looks better. Yeah. You know, and I agree. That, that's why I don't understand why we don't take advantage of some of these opportunities instead of just running the ball, running the ball, run yeah. your offense, run it to the way you would be playing if you were down 10, nothing going into the fourth. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. Again, I'm not a coach, but this is my mentality. I need to play until the whistle stops. I'm not going to change my game plan because I'm up, you know, by 12 points with four minutes to go in the game. There's a lot that can happen in, in 12, in four minutes with 12 points, you know? Yeah. So I just wish that they would kind of, you know, keep the foot on the gas per se and not like let off. Because again, when you go back to, you know, style of victory, you know, margin of victory, those things come into play. And I think that they have to look at, the overall body of work. And again, I agree with you because at the end of the day, if you put us against Notre Dame, now obviously that Louisville game doesn't look good, you know, for them, but they still got the dub, right? So again, when you say a win's a win, a win's a win. Would you rather be winning 12-7 or have won 12-7 or have lost 12-7? So, you know, it's crazy, man. We'll see what happens. So uh, anyway, we're here at the Kang Gang Show, Channel 145 Slam Radio. We're just talking everything Canes football. We're all over the place today. We're talking. Um, I wonder if, man, you know what? We need to get some. We need to get a guest on on the show yeah. next week. We I have do. a couple people lined up. Okay, let's do it, man. That'd be fun. I, I don't know who I want. But I got people that want to get on, but I don't know yeah. if I want them on. <laughs> steal, a, steal a luster. You get a guest guy on here, and he wants to steal a luster. <laughs> That's you know, right. Can't That's steal right. a luster. You can't cool. get show. We got we got one minute until we're up against the break, but I just wanted to uh, to talk about Tua, Tua Tungavailoa right now. He was uh, he was named the starting quarterback of of your Miami Dolphins. Don't agree with it. You don't. And and see, I, I get don't. where you're coming from. I, Fitzpatrick I, three and three, we won yeah. three to the last four. Why are you pulling him now? Yeah, and he's only lost against really good teams too. I actually think right, the fans so are. I'll tell you why they're they're playing him. Yeah. You know why they're playing him? Why? Who's their opponent after the bye week this week? Uh, the Rams. Is it the Rams? <laughs> I think it is the Rams. Yeah, Aaron Donald, man. That's not good. It, it's not. Like, literally, yeah. why are you throwing him in, like, literally against that pass rush? But we yeah. can talk about that when we come back from the break because I, uh, I really want to talk about that. Okay. And, I, and I got a reason why I feel like they made the switch when they did. Okay, so, well, that's, that's coming up here on Kang Gang Radio, uh, Slam Radio, Channel 145, Sirius XM. See you in a moment. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. 
But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Well, we just had another break, and now we're back, and I'm hungry. I didn't get a chance to eat on the last break. I didn't get a chance to get a I didn't get a chance to do anything. Did you do anything on the break? Sit a sip of water. Yeah, sip of water. I didn't even have that. But so, so before we went on break, we were talking about Tua. And here's my take on, on, on Tua Tugavaloa. Me as a – again, I'm a diehard Miami Hurricane fan. I do watch the Dolphins. I don't really care what happens with the Dolphins, but I do watch them, right, because they're my hometown local team, blah, blah, blah. But I'm a college fan. I'm not a pro fan. But when I look at the Dolphins, I don't understand at this point you're – again, like I just mentioned, you're 3-3. You're three and three. You're going into a bye week this week. Um, Fitzpatrick has led you to a 3-1 record over the last four games. Yep. You're playing really good ball. Continuity is going. You're gelling real well. Defense has actually been playing really, really well. Yep. That was a little suspect on the defense with uh, Josh Boyer being the new DC. Um, you know, moving over from like, he was a cornerback coach last year and then took on the role as a DC. So I was a little apprehensive on how the defense was going to play, but I think the defense has actually played really well. But when I look at Tua and I look at Fitzpatrick, I don't see anything that Fitzpatrick has done to demote him. Yeah. And when I look at why you're starting Tua, it can only be for one or two things. I don't know if you're getting pressure from Stephen Ross as the owner of the Miami Dolphins, because really that would be the only person that, as Brian Flores, you know, would have to listen to is the owner because he's the head coach, right? You know, maybe you have to listen to the GM from time to time, but like really it's the owner. But my theory is this is my theory. You can agree, you can disagree. I look at Justin Herbert out in, at the Chargers, and I feel like he was picked right after Tua, and he literally – listen, their record is not where it should be, but he is completely balling as a rookie. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of uh, feedback about, well, you know, why don't you take Justin Herbert? You know, you got Tua. You didn't know about his hip. You know, is yeah. he going to play? Is he able to play? So I think at some point you just have to bite the bullet and say – Okay, do we just do we have to play him now? Is it pressure yeah. to play him? Like, so that's my thing. I don't know if it's pressure to play yeah. Tua, um, because at three and three, you're you're I think you're second place in the division behind behind uh, Buffalo. Yeah, right. Buffalo's four and two. Yeah, and they've back to back losses. And uh, uh, yeah, that was. Throw that out there. But if you watch right there, but if you watch the Dolphins, right? Yeah. They they should they could have beat Buffalo. Yeah, no, the they Dolphins could have been good. Like, like, literally, the three games that they lost, yeah. like, they were in those games. Yeah, but the Dolphins are 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 good. I'm not sure I'm going to say that they're, like, a fringe player. Oh, they're not They're better yeah. than the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Dolphins will finish in that 7-8 win range. And that's with a pretty, you know, a, a, a reasonably tough schedule. So, like, they're, they're winning games that they should, and they're losing games that they should, right? I mean, they've lost to the Patriots, Bills, and uh, and Seahawks and those are you know three of three of the top I don't know twelve teams in the league with Bills and Seahawks being three of the top you know seven or eight teams in the league. Um, I 100% agree with your your take on Tua and why he's playing. 
I think it has a lot to do with the way that Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are playing. And right. my caution to Dolphins fans would be to have very low expectations in the short term for Tua. Well, you have to, right? Because what yeah. happens if Tua comes in here and just lays, lays an egg, just yeah. craps the bed, and, and do you go back to pitch? And <laughs> like, here's the thing, though, is that's usually what happens with rookie quarterbacks. Like, this, this year is weird because, you know, rookie quarterbacks that, that look excellent, they are the exception, not the rule. This year is strange because we have two rookie quarterbacks that look excellent, and that rarely happens, right? Herbert looks great. Burrow looks – I mean, he doesn't look as great as Herbert, but he looks great. Like, I, I'm very comfortable with those two moving forward. And, uh, you know, you just have to avoid that expectation because if you look at Josh Allen's rookie year, it was rough. They went 6-10. and 10. You know, he could hardly throw the ball. He was very inaccurate. And now, you know, fast forward two years – and he won AFC Player of the Month in the very first month of the season. So I really think if you can temper expectations, that you're going to be a lot happier with Tua. Well, what I look at, too, is, you know, when we're, when we're talking NFL, look at people. Let's go back to the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf era, right? Mm-hmm. You had one versus two, two versus one. Who was going to be the first pick? Who was going to be the second pick? Obviously, Indy chose, um, you know, Manning and – you know, Lee kind of fell off the wagon, right? Yeah. But even with Peyton Manning, he went three and thirteen his first year. Yeah. But he got PC. I think that's the only way you get better. Take away two is injury. Two is your number one overall pick, not Burrow. Yeah. I, yeah. It, debatable, but yes, I get what you're saying. I think again, Tua I feel is a, a far more superior quarterback than Joe Burrow. Um, last year, again, you look at you look at LSU, look at what they accomplished. I mean, even the the game that they beat Alabama, like they went up on them. Alabama, they're coming back at the end of the game. Yeah. If they had a rematch out of that, it probably you know it probably goes the other way. Alabama probably wins Good. it, you know. So uh, again, I look at I think Tua out of and I really as as a fan, like I like Justin Herbert. Again, I like his size, I like his arm. I think if Herbert would have came out the previous year, he was probably your number one overall pick. Yeah. So I, I think when you look at quarterbacks, it's only fitting that, you know, now you're going to have three rookies, you know, playing. And, and I think that's what, what needs to happen. You know, if he's the future of your, if he's the future of your franchise, if he's your franchise quarterback, blah, 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 then and you have to play him. Otherwise, like, why do you draft him? You know, to me, then you draft Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> you don't just draft, and you're not paying all this money for a guy to be sitting on your bench. Now, okay, I'll play devil's advocate. Someone like Aaron Rodgers, who probably should have been the number one overall pick, yeah. you know, not Alex Smith, but whatever. It was beneficial because Aaron Rodgers went to Green Bay, mm-hmm. sat behind Brett Favre for a few years, learn soaked up knowledge blah 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 and then when the opportunity came you know boom he was thrown into the fire and you know you can see where aaron Rodgers is now definitely a hall of fame quarterback alex smith on the other hand like he got thrown right into the fire at in san francisco didn't do well traded to you know kansas city then traded to washington like so he's bounced around so there's nothing wrong with sitting underneath a quarterback Agreed. and learning and adjusting to the game because obviously we know that the NFL is a much faster and a bigger and a stronger game than it is college. Yeah. So that goes to my next point is what happens next year with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or you know the kid from North Dakota State. There's, there's ample opportunity for these kids to come out. But if you have somebody like the New York Jets <laughs> you're as a number one you know pick – if I'm Trevor Lawrence, like, bro, honestly, don't. I might think about coming back to school. As much as as a Miami Hurricane fan, I don't want to see that, which I would be okay. Listen, Trevor Lawrence can come back and play. I just don't want to see Travis NTM playing because <laughs> he needs to go, yeah. which I think he will. But, you know, again, it's people like that that I think that can blossom. I think Tua can do very well. I think the game's got to – he has to just adjust to the game. The speed's going to be different. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, he has a bye week. So he has, you know, it just came out, you know, two days ago that he was being named the starter. So I think, you know, you get nine, ten days of practice, you know, running with the ones. 
you build some chemistry. I, I think that's going to help you, you know. But again, the Rams defense, their front four is very, very good. Um, you know, again, I'm always afraid. Like it's that first hit, man. You know, they get that first hit on you land on that hip. You know, you mentally, what are you thinking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, well, there's a lot of other games coming up this week, Jay. Man, you want to you want to do some rapid fire and talk about some of the games this week? I enjoy doing that. I do, but I I actually have a, a fun fact for you that I was thinking about oh, the other boy. day. You, you mentioned fun fact. <laughs> you mentioned Aaron Rodgers uh, sitting behind Brett Favre, and uh, I I was thinking about this the other day, and it blew my mind. You know, in my lifetime, the Green Bay Packers have had two starting quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Correct. Which is incredible. But, I mean, think about that. In 27 years, they've only had two dudes. That's insane. So, anyways, we can move on. I just uh, – that's your mind-blowing fact for the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I was talking about this to a buddy of mine the other day as well. The breed of the, the, the great quarterbacks, yeah. you know, the next couple of years are gone. Yeah. The Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Breeses. You know, you lost Eli Manning this past year. Yep. You know, um, I'm trying to think who else, you know, Philip Rivers, yeah. like next couple of years, all these guys are gone. And like, yeah. and who do you have? Like you have some young guys out there, but literally like who's the up and coming studs. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, you have to think it's Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, um, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and then uh, the rookies. Let's look at Lamar this year. Has he done anything? I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, actually. I, I'm, I'm worried that people have figured out Lamar. Like, I'm worried if he's ever going to have an MVP caliber season ever again. I don't think he's going to be bad. So, and, and I'll give you my take on that, right? You throw something different in the NFL, it only takes them a year or so to figure it out. The, the defenses have figured it out. That's yeah. like when the Dolphins came out, you know, probably back. Wildcat. Wildcat, correct. Yep. Like it took the NFL by storm. You know, Ronnie Brown and all them guys back there. It, it took a, it took a little while, but then that got figured out, right? So Lamar Lilly's he's he's an athlete trying to play quarterback. Yep. To where I, that's where I feel like him and Mahomes are a little different. Mahomes is a quarterback that's actually an athlete, yep. you know. So. I don't know, man. It should be interesting. But, again, I look at the dying breed of, like, the, the great generation. You know, again, if you look at Rivers and Brady and Breeze, I mean, they've been playing a long time. Yeah, dropping like you know, flies. You know, these guys, you know, yeah. there's not many quarterbacks that are going to be playing for that many years anymore. Yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Well, let's let's get to those NFL picks. We got uh, We got about five minutes here before we got to wrap up, so – Let's do some rapid-fire action. All righty. So we're going to look at coming up on the week of um, the 25th, right? Coming up yeah. this week. Correct. Oh, man. So let's see what we got here. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw some games out. I'm going to throw some, some, some easy games to you. Okay. Bengals and the Browns. Uh, oh, man. Browns. Let's go Browns. Actually, I like the Bengals. I almost went with the Bengals there. I mean, the Browns, they're like, it's hard to argue with four and two, but it hasn't been pretty, right? Oh, man. Well, last week they didn't look pretty at all. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, uh, Panthers and the Saints. So Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. you know, played, backed up Breeze last year at New Orleans and now is a starting quarterback at Carolina. Yeah. What do you think about that game? You know, I, I've been saying on Twitter for a few weeks now that I actually really like the Panthers. I think they're a nine-win team. Um, and I'm going to go with them. I'm, I'm kind of out on Drew Brees right now. I, I think they're only going to go as far as Alvin Kamara can take them. And uh, I'm taking uh, Teddy Bridgewater this week. That's good. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to touch the Bills and the Jets because that's <laughs> literally a no-brainer. Yeah. The Jets look so bad. Yeah. Like, so bad. They, but they the worst NFL team since the 0-16 Lions. Would you put them worse than the one in fifteen Dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Oh yeah, they're bad. All right, yeah, I'm with you in the Bills. I think the Bills won by 21 points that game. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> I was gonna call this game the uh, the game of the broken quarterbacks, Washington and the Cowboys. Like, bro, Andy <laughs> Dalton, like 
is he really just that bad? And how did he play in Cincinnati for so long? Well, here's my honest question. Is Andy Dalton not the best quarterback in the NFC East right now? Or are all the Cowboys still in first place? <laughs> like, well, yeah. How bad is that? Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, is, is Carson Wentz better than Andy Dalton right now? Because Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen sure aren't. Well, listen, Carson Wentz picked up a nice win last night over the Giants. Yeah. Close game, but uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's debatable. I mean, but Andy Dalton. <laughs> but... Oh, he's terrible. He's terrible, and that's what's so funny about it. Um, but, yeah, sorry, who are they playing this week, the Cowboys? Washington Washington and Dallas. Oh, man, geez. I'm going with Dallas. They, they have so many playmakers that, I mean, I feel like I could sling it for 180 yards with, with their wide receivers. All right, that's a good goal. Um, Green Bay and, and Houston. Green Bay. Even though they got like bamboozled last week <laughs> against Tampa Bay. But yeah. then you watched that, uh, you watched that Texan game. I felt bad for them. Yeah. You know, if you did you see, let me just touch on this real quick. Did you see the reaction of Deshaun Watson in the overtime coin flip? Yeah. Against Tennessee. Oh my he <laughs> he just knew like if Derrick Henry got the ball first, like they weren't touching it. Oh, yeah. that was great. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm actually going with uh, – I'm going with Green Bay as well in that game. Okay. Um, here's a good matchup. Uh, Detroit and Atlanta. That is – that's going to be a fun one. I think Detroit's a much better football team than Atlanta. Um, but Atlanta is kind of frisky in the sense that their offense will always keep them entertaining against teams like Detroit. Um, I – playmakers. I mean, obviously they got playmakers. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. You know, Todd Gurley, they got they got playmakers. So we'll just have to yeah. see what happens. I'm going to go with Detroit, though. Okay. I'm going to take Atlanta. Okay. I almost went Atlanta, but, yeah, I, I feel you. So here, here's a good matchup of unbeaten. It's Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to go with an emphatic Pittsburgh win. I, I, think, uh, I think Pittsburgh makes a statement game. See, I, I, I disagree. I think Tennessee can finally – Finally puts a complete game together and, and and knocks off Pittsburgh. Okay. I just like the way – listen, you, you can't tell me, like, the running game of Tennessee just isn't, like, on oh, point. It's elite. And, yeah. and Tannehill, well, listen, they just – Lewin just uh, Lewin just got hit with an ACL, so he's out. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the running game, you know, without him. Um, but Tannehill's been playing really well. I think ever since he left the Dolphins, I think he's actually – his career has blossomed. You know, and again, you, you need to have a good old line and you have a good running back. Obviously, that's something that the Dolphins, you know, didn't have. Yeah. Um, Chiefs and Broncos, I'm just going to go Kansas City. Yeah. Even though Philip Lindsay's back for Detroit, uh, well, I don't know how much that's going to do for him for Detroit, but uh, yeah. might give him a little spark. But I like Kansas City there. Um, the Chargers and the Jaguars, you know. Chargers, yeah. Yeah, big Chargers. Um, decent matchup, uh, 49ers and Patriots. I'm going to go Pats. I'm, I actually am out on the Niners this year. I don't really like them that much. Oh, they're horrible, man. You know, again, coming from Super Bowl contention, you know, playing in the Super Bowl, and they just yeah. – it's tough, man. Um, this should be a good game on Sunday night. Seahawks and the Cardinals. Ooh. I, I think it's going to be a better game. You know, the Seahawks D is really bad, so I think Kyler Murray has a nice game, but I'm going to go Seahawks. Okay. And then finally, Monday night game is the Bears and the Rams. Oh, man. You know, I've picked against the Bears pretty much every week this year because I just don't I – don't, I hate watching the Bears. They're so unentertaining. They're ugly, but they just – they do it somehow. So, I, I'll say Chicago this week. I'll pick, I'll pick them to win for the first time this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that should be interesting. I'm probably going to go with the Rams on that game and see how, okay. it, see how it folds out. Cool. But listen, man, it, it's been good. I mean, obviously yeah. – I love doing uh, NFL towards the end of our last segment. Um, obviously, tomorrow night, man, Kane's got to come out. They got to put the dub up on there. They go five and one, um, and, and I think they're in the driver's seat. I mean, your schedule gets a little easier. I mean, you got NC State, you got Wake, you know, you got Georgia Tech, um, who just got beat by. I I think Clemson just scored again on Georgia Tech. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see what happens moving forward with them Canes. But man, listen, I can't complain being a four and one. Your only loss is to yeah. the number one team in the nation. And you, you kind of, you know, shot yourself in the foot. So, yeah. you know, looking at this season so far, I'm happy. It's better. Like, as long as we don't crap the bed and start, like, have a complete, like, fallout, we should be okay. Yeah. And if we make the ACC title game, we do. If we don't, we don't. We go to a nice bowl game. 
you know, we move forward from there. But uh, continue to support, continue to root. And, yep. You know, as always, man, you know, this is uh, our, our Friday morning 11 to 12 show. J-Man, why don't you close us out, man, and take us to the weekend. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Kane Gang Radio on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a fun weekend. Deuces! The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.